Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another special Women in Technology episode of Atlanta Business Radio. I'm Katie Galley, and hosting with me today is WIT Executive Director Sandy Welfare. So, Sandy, the last WIT episode we had, uh, it was just before the WIT Awards. So how did those go? It went very well. So we had 862 fabulous people in the room. Yeah. And the four Women of the Year were amazing winners. But, of course, the Girl of the Year is fabulous. Yeah. So, uh, I mean... I look at it and I think, oh, I did tell her after, I'll be working for you one day. Just let me know what you need me to do. <laughs> but really um, fantastic young lady. Yeah. And so what is it like for you to be a part of an event like that? Just to, I mean, you're the executive director of WIT, but just to really see a, a night like that unfold. Really a level of being proud because you're proud of what's, you know, what's coming out on the other side. So if you look at women in technology from the classroom to the boardroom, these are the women who've gone through and paid some incredible, um, you know, personal prices to get to this, you know, the space and the levels that they're in. So it's really good for them to come out on the other side and be, you know, a true role model for, you know, all girls, you know, across uh, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And some of them really honed in on how difficult it was as a woman. So it's really interesting to see how uh, people deal with challenges and they deal with being the only yeah. And I think that they're truly the showcase of women in technology. Yeah, I love it. And I mean, in the aftermath of an event like that, so it's it's obviously really important to talk about everything that WIT does in providing scholarships, especially for girls and women women pursuing those STEAM careers. So when and where can um, a woman apply for an upcoming scholarship? So on Friday, I believe, we will open up applications for uh, WIT Campus and WIT Girls. Okay. And so the WIT Girl will be a $20,000 scholarship from NCR. I really wish this existed when I was a little kid. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, and as well as uh, those who are in college can apply for scholarships. And so it's based on different companies. Um, some of the bigger ones would be Mercedes-Benz, um, Cox, others that are going to award a girl uh usually about 5000 for her to continue her higher education. Wow, that's awesome. And so they can apply. Where can they apply for this? They can go to mywit.org and see all the details. But awesome. I did want to say the last award, which is really not a true scholarship coming from WIT, but we get two executive MBA scholarships to uh, Emory's uh, Business School. Wow. And so the two women who end up going through that, and anyone can apply if they're a part of WIT. So it's a wonderful opportunity. That's, I mean, that is really great. And you're right. It's uh, to have that kind of uh, resource available when you're younger, just to, I mean, for these girls to have that resource, it's pretty incredible. I mean, really giving them access to what the possibilities are. Yeah. Absolutely. Endless possibilities. Absolutely. <laughs> so on that note, um, who did you bring with you to studio today? So today I have with me Kanye Jones, who has been a uh, wonderful supporter of WIT. And then more importantly, um, truly a woman who's in the tech space and understands the needs and skills that are coming down the pike. And of course, um, we've just wrestled her to the ground to, uh, she's a part of the host committee for WIT Awards. And so she's oh, wow. agreed to be a part for WIT Connect, which of course is our big fundraiser in June. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, welcome, Kanye. Well, How are you doing? You. I'm really happy, excited to be here. This is, I love working with Sandy and WIT and they just have such a phenomenal organization. I love standing behind it and supporting it any way I can. <laughs> That's great. And so you were part of the these past WIT Awards? Yes. What was that like for you? 
It was great. I mean, you you get to hear the stories of these incredible women and then their uh, their paths and their journey and how they got from where you know they started out to, to how they ended up um, being on stage and and sharing their stories with us. And it's inspiring. You know, it's something to strive towards, and it's um it. It, it opens up your realm of thinking from where your path is to where it could be. So it's, it's just great. Yeah, I love that where it could be. Um, and so what was your own path like to get into the um, technology industry? <laughs> I stumbled into it. <laughs> I was on a medical path. And oh, really? uh, yeah, it's a funny story. My, um, my partner was sitting at home and in his underwear making <laughs> six figures. And I'm like, what are you doing? And uh, he was a recruiter. He had his own company. So I started working with him part-time. Long story short, 18 years later, you know, I am a trusted advisor within the technical, um, within technical sales. So wow, yeah, it, it, I literally stumbled into it and fell in love with it. And so what do you do today with uh, Vaco Technologies? So Vaco, um, I am a new business development manager there and I bring in new logos, new accounts okay. um, within Vaco. Sorry, sorry, within Vaco. And um, they, uh, they, so they brought me on to kind of build out the technology space. And um, they are based out of Nashville. Okay. It's a $400 you know, million dollar company. They have 38 offices, you know, uh, nationwide. Uh, but they're really trying to grow in the Atlanta market, brand their name, and show what an incredible organization they are. And build out the technology space. Does that mean so they're in Nashville and they're expanding to Atlanta? What what does build out mean? Build out. So um, right now we have several clients, but we want to become stronger. We want to have okay. a larger presence in Atlanta. We want to um, build a, bring a lot of our capabilities here um, to the Atlanta market. Um, right now we support Google, Facebook, Hulu, several large enterprise companies, um, Staffog, managed services, professional services. Um, throughout the West Coast, East Coast, North, South. But Atlanta has been one of those areas we're really trying to penetrate into. So that's yeah. what my job my job is to kind of come in here and, and, and do that. And why Atlanta? You know, Atlanta is a growing market within the technical space. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember who said it best, but, um, but it's, it's, it's one of those up-and-coming cities. I mean, you know, obviously... Uh, California has been on the map. New York is pretty big. But Atlanta has a lot of new emerging technologies um, that is becoming a, a focal point, right? Um, a lot of a new t emerging technologies like IoT, virtual reality. Um, the Chamber of Commerce is doing a great job in bringing um, lots of companies to Atlanta, um, offering incentives um, for them to kind of build out their uh, innovative technologies here. Okay. You know, so it's attracting a lot of good talent. Okay. Yeah. And so you're saying that uh, I guess a lot of companies are coming here to Atlanta because it's as it's growing and really getting involved in that technology space. So what differentiates Vaco from those other um, companies coming in? So Vaco is, it's a little big company, right? <laughs> a lot of people are like, is it Vaco? Is it Vaco? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What does it mean? Um, it's large enough to support, you know, large enterprise clients, like I mentioned, the Googles, we do a large managed service project with them. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also small and nimble enough to kind of tackle the local market, right? Okay. Create custom solutions, um, be flexible in our offerings and be agile. Um, so we're not rigid like some of the larger companies. And, um, and we have multiple offices to support a company with um, 
you know, that spread across the U.S. That's not just here in Atlanta. Um, so I think that kind of separates that. Some of the companies here, you'll find they're either just in Atlanta or some of the surrounding cities. We are nationwide. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you have that ability, you know, you're uh, located in so many different markets. You really are getting that big overall view. But you, like you said, it's also focused on that small, like the big, small company too. Exactly. To exactly. get that really intermarket feel for wherever you guys are based. Right. We create a strong partnership with our clients, right? We want to become a trusted advisor, somebody that they go to, not just when they need something, but when they don't, right? Mm-hmm. And maintaining that relationship. Um, but if they have a large uh, deal that they need, say they have... Um, a project that they need support in Texas and a little bit in California and, you know, uh, Miami, we can um, collectively support them. Okay. Yeah. And so you say you serve them when they know what they need, they have a need right then or when they don't. So how do you serve them when they're, maybe they don't have an immediate need? How do you keep that relationship up? We, we, you know, we just can, we find multiple um, contact points, right? Whether it's um, tapping into their initiatives, right? Say, for instance, they're 2018, they want to um, build out their IoT practice or say they have um, a data scientist need that they want to, I don't know, um, they have an innovative idea, right? We will come in on the forefront of that and say, let's talk about uh, what that project looked like. Let's talk about um, how many resources you might need for that project. Let's talk about cost and budgeting. And we are we are part of that full forefront thinking before, you know, the project is conceptualized, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then once um, it's sold internally to their internal stakeholders, you know, we're partnered with them um, to provide those resources and consultants. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so um, just based upon what you do with Vaco and just uh, having been in this industry and kind of, like you said, kind of stumbling into it, but what would you say um, are some of the biggest issues that job seekers face when they are applying for jobs in the IT industry? Yeah, no, that's a great question because a lot of job seekers just need to get out of their own way. Mm. (laughs) You know, Um, there's the, a lot of the issues are companies now have um, multiple tools in order to kind of take a deeper dive into a candidate, right? So not just what's on their resume, what are they posting on social media? What is their, um, you know, what is, what is their background look like overall? You know, what kinds of things are they liking on LinkedIn? Are they connected to the company that they are? Um, you know, so we, we not only look at their background and what they have put on paper, but we also look at how people respond to them. You know, do they have a lot of followers? Are they, you know, uh, do they do something outside of, um, you know, what their nine to five is? Do they have, are they associated with meetup groups and, you know, uh, the networks in Atlanta that support their industry? Um, Also, just a note, right? So on the resumes, keywords are really important because a lot of um, the resumes are candidates that we find out there are on the internet, whether they are on a job board or on an internal system that that company may provide, right? So you post your resume um, directly to a company, uh, directly to an agency, or directly to LinkedIn. All of those are going to be searched, right? And it's Mm -hmm. keyword specific. So if you're really looking to penetrate or become recognized within a specific uh, vertical or skill set or role, then make sure your keywords are prominent to that type of role, right? Because right. the more times it gets a hit, 
the more uh, it bumps your resume up to the top of a qualification field. Right? Yeah. Um, another thing is just stand out, right? The longer you work with a company, um, the type be the type of person that you want to work with. You know, um, be nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That it's is a great, yeah. great comment. Yeah. You know, it's it, it be easy to work with. You know, be agile. Be um, step outside of the role that you're given. You know, try to take on new responsibilities. That will help the company, but it'll also help you. You know, step outside of. Uh, what you're pigeonholed into, you know, say, hey, listen, I've got some free time. How can I help you or make your job easier? Yeah. You know, is a great question. So, and, and so when you're looking for another role, people will make those recommendations for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and that's, that's really what I would say. Use multiple access points, post your job everywhere, um, you know, directly to the company websites, also to agencies. Um, and then as another um, a piece of advice I would give that somebody gave me is make a list of the people that you know. And in that list, um, rank them from willingness and connectedness, right? How connected are the people that you know to, to get to where you want to go? Wow. And then how willing are they to help you? You know, what's your relationship with them like? Um, and the people that hit the top of that list are the people that you reach out to first and sell yourself to them so that they can sell them, sell you to their network. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's really great advice. Thanks. I never, I mean, I never thought of that making that list. And also just, it's the differentiation. It's one thing to say you're interested in a certain field or you want to work for a certain company, but what are you doing outside of the, your everyday classes, your everyday job? What are you doing to really set yourself apart? So when you um, just, in your experience, is there maybe a resume that you came across or someone's story that you experienced or just witnessed where they really set themselves apart and how did they set themselves apart? Oh, yeah. Apart? So just recently, as a matter of fact, it's, um, we are looking for, uh, or where, I guess what I'd say is we're building a, um, an internal pipeline of strong end-to-end developers, right? Okay. From, uh, from across the nation. And one person that stood out to me is somebody who's based out of California. Um, he... He graduated high school at, I think it was um, 16. He mm-hmm. finished college in three years, had finished up his, his MBA. And we can't ask their age, but we had a pretty good idea. He was a lot younger than other people who <laughs> finished MBAs right out of college. Yeah. Um, and, he, and when we talked to him about his resume, he's very technical, but he was able to put things in layman's terms, which is important, right? Wow. Yeah. Um, but more than that, after the interview, he says, um, Kanye, is there anything that um, that I can do or say to make this process easier for you? Um, he also said, what's some feedback that I can do to make myself stronger? Um, wow. And then he mentioned, um, he says, you know, depending on the job, I'm willing to cater my resume to, to it. And you said, well, we'll do that internally. We'll make sure and we'll, 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 um, you know, we'll send it back to you to make sure it's adequate. He says, no, no, I've, I've developed an application that will rewrite my resume based off of the keywords <laughs> in the job description. Oh my gosh. And with this being a developer, that's a profound, like you're just now mentioning that, you know, this is, can we buy that product, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's something that he's taking a step beyond the average candidate. And that's so important. You know, it's, it's really important because yeah. our enthusiasm when I talk about this guy is a lot different than when I talk about several other candidates. Right. I mean, he stands out clearly. And yep. I mean, that's not something you're going to readily forget. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like no matter how far removed you become from this interview, I feel like that's something that's just going to stick with yeah. you. You can tell that story forever. <laughs> 
But it's such, I mean, it's such a good point too to really um, ask yourself, what are you doing to differentiate? And are you really passionate about the field that you want to get into? Well, how passionate are you? Because now you have to prove it. Like you're saying, with social media and everything that we have access to and LinkedIn, how are we actually going to differentiate ourselves? And yeah. uh, it's, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, it's, it's and not just that, but your social media, and I tell this to a lot of the young girls, um, also volunteer with Quit Campus, mm-hmm. is be careful of the image that you put out there, the affiliations that you have, even yep. your friends and what they post and what you allow um, to be posted on your page, because you're silently condoning a lot of this information, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, so it's, you know, that's, to your point, it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And so on the flip side of that, looking at the people who are applying and, you know, putting those resumes out there, trying to differentiate themselves, what would you say is the most important thing for on the other end, the company to understand when they're recruiting talent and trying to bring new talent in? You know, so the talent industry ebbs and flows, right? Um, And right now it's a strong candidate talent pool. There's lots Mm -hmm. of opportunities out there and not enough candidates to fill them. I think it's like a one-to-one ratio right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what I would what I would push for companies, and I tell this to all of my clients, is why you? You know, why would a um, you know a lot of new com- a lot of companies are trying to target the younger, fresher millennials, right? They come out having all this great uh, experience, but why you? You know, and um, what separates? your company from the next, you know, do you have good referrals or references, you know, um, just like a candidate, um, you want to find out, um, how people feel about them. That same candidate is reaching internally to people that they know at that company to say, what is this company like? What's the culture like? Um, are they micromanaging? You know, what's, what, what am I going to walk into? You know, so it's important to, to make sure that you have a, um, a pulse on, the type of um, environment that you're creating um, and also what your benefits are, you know, it's, and to be flexible, right. To really understand what your top five um, needs are, you know, exactly what that uh, consultant's going to come in doing and expecting. Um, and then that way you can narrow um, your search, right. Here's the things that I'm specifically looking for. These are nice to have. These are even better. Um, but I'm willing to settle on this if this candidate has, you know, these top skills, you know, mm-hmm. so, so not kind of pigeonholing them into a very specific candidate. Otherwise, if it's a crucial role, that role is going to go unfilled for a long time. And so that one-to-one ratio, even though it's so like, because that ratio exists now and it's so, you know, there's so many candidates, so many companies looking for candidates, um, is it still, would you say, difficult for them to really fill the roles with people that they want to fill them with? Or is there still some kind of disconnect between that? Well, it, the, the industry is changing, right? So you've got Google, you've got Amazon, you've got a lot of these larger companies that are absorbing a lot of the talent pool in the market mm-hmm. because they can work from home, because there's flexibility, um, because they can offer them things that a lot of the local companies um, aren't willing to do, right? Okay, maybe they right. want to keep their team together. Maybe they want them all to kind of sit in Atlanta. Um, so it, it just limits their ability to pull from the talent pool when the rest of the nation is pulling from Atlanta. Right. You know? Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, Atlanta is a, a bit of an <laughs> advantage there, I guess. <laughs> well, as long as Georgia Tech is here, I think you're hitting on uh, spaces that not many other colleges and universities can compete with. So That's if true. you're looking at, you know, they're graduating a, you know, class of five, 6,000 people, everyone's leaving to go to 
other states. We're trying to do everything we can to keep, to keep them, them here. here. Yeah. And I think that the level of talent and skill set that comes with Georgia Tech, it's definitely uh, being sought after. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that is a really great point. Um, but because Atlanta is this hub and it's really is up and coming, um, do you see any ways that Atlanta is really trying to differentiate itself and really keep people like tech graduates here? I mean, because I didn't think about that. You know, they graduate and big companies are recruiting them, pulling them out of the state. So what can be done or what is being done to keep those students here? You know, just from my, um, my clients, so you can see an internal change happening, right? They're um, building out their offices to be more millennial friendly, mm, right? Okay. So now you're seeing um, open work open workspaces, you know, ping pong and yeah. tables, <laughs> you know, dart balls, you know, lots of color, lots of, it's, it's turning into kind of a playroom, you know, instead of a, a cubicle work dim office space, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's expensive. So it's a slow transition, I think, for a lot of companies, but they recognize what needs to happen at least. Um, to, to, to target that, that, um, that kind of candidate pool. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just being in the, this industry for so long and seeing now from both sides of it, the recruiting aspect for the, on the company side, and then the student aspect to the individuals coming in looking for jobs. But, um, what would you say is the most, uh, a good piece of advice? What piece of advice would you offer to, um, Anybody applying for jobs, looking for to get involved with the company or even the company's recruiting? What would piece of advice would you offer to each of those? Yeah, those? I mean, um, so that's a big question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a piece of advice, I would, number one, for the candidates, leverage your network, right? Mm-hmm. Build your network and leverage your network. I think it was Tracy um, Garner. Garner who mentioned at the, at the WIT forum, she said, um, She's been with AT&T forever. Wonderful person. But she says, you know, I wish I had built up my network when I was younger. Because, yeah. you know, where her network is now, it's only connected her with, with such a, a larger amount of people. So I would say definitely build up your network and then leverage it early on, right? right. Don't be afraid to ask. Um, and that goes for um, companies as well, right? If you are connected and you have a large network, um, you can find out what talent is available, what they're, you know, where they are, how to, how to attract that talent. Um, and, but most of my advice is for job seekers, right? Right. Um, I would say, don't be afraid to not be perfect. Um, and this falls especially on minorities, uh, first-generation graduates, women, um, we are so appreciative of an opportunity that we're afraid to lose it. You know, uh, we want to make sure that we check all the boxes. We want to make sure that we're perfect for the job. And we want to make sure that we're not too expensive. And I would say push the bar. Take advantage of your disadvantages, right? Lots of companies uh, are looking for uh, historically discriminated against candidates. Lots of uh, companies, um, you know, I have found in my recruiting experience, women typically ask for less money than men, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we have a, a, a position out there that is, doesn't pay a lot of money, a lot of times it's filled by a female because they're willing to accept less money. You know, so I would just say, don't be afraid to ask for more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't be afraid to, uh, to sell yourself on, uh, to opportunities that, that will stretch you, right? You may not be 100% a good fit for it, uh, you may not have this degree. You may not have that experience, but don't don't be afraid to apply for it and yeah. to sell yourself and to and to sell them on you and be energetic about it and enthusiastic. 
um, and then have a plan for how you're going to check those boxes. You know, um, most most of the times with companies, I would say, call me and <laughs> <laughs> I will find that talent for you. I'll yeah. do uh, my job and sell your company to those talents. I will identify what the candidates are looking for and what in your company can attract those specific candidates. So um, my advice, you know, obviously for candidates is, you know, check the boxes that um, of, of what you're looking to be, right? Not necessarily what you are. Don't focus on making a lateral move. Always um, sell yourself to a position that's going to stretch you. You know, if you're checking all the boxes, you're overqualified. Wow. That's a good piece of advice. And two, I think, um, I mean, my, my sister's about to graduate from Georgia Tech actually on Saturday. And just hearing her and her classmates, her friends talking to your point, um, there's like, they have to get the, a job. They've been applying for a bunch, bunch of jobs in Atlanta or wherever they can. And it's like, as soon as they get offered the job, they're like ready to take it. But if you, if that ratio is true and you can really take a step back, you don't want to just take any job. I mean, obviously you, you would need to get a job. You have to make a living, yeah. but you can be picky and really like check off the boxes, really choose one that fits you as well as if you fit it. Right. And, and, you know, and I would always say, keep yourself open, yeah. you know, um, if you know that you're kind of hitting a wall, uh, you know, do your best to internally in that company to try to get more responsibilities. You know, say, hey, listen, I really want to be stretched. Here are my personal goals. Have people invest in you um, so that you're the first person they think of when they have an extra, I don't know, or, or something that can pull you outside of your job. Yeah. Yeah. I think in terms of how we are helping the next generation get the jobs, I did the keynote address at Kennesaw State on Tuesday and any commencement speech, you're always trying to figure out what's going to be the true words that you hone in. And what I shared was that there's no duplicate for hard work. There right. just isn't. Right. You've got to do the hard work. But going back to a point you made earlier, I think for women, it's knowing your worth. It's, it's, it's fighting for your worth. Mm -hmm. It's going above and beyond. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that is a really great point, but I love that too. There's no substitute at all for hard work. <laughs> Talent will only take you so far, but it's really what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And it's true. Um, we use the word grit quite often now, and it's, but it's the perseverance and tenacity. And I think that women have a different level of grit, but you really need that grit to stick with it, mm -hmm. work hard, you mm -hmm. know, we're women, and so we all can say we you're, we're usually having to do double, <laughs> you know, to be at equal. And even though we're laughing about it, it is quite true that our standards are very high by comparison to, um, you know, this level of perfection. So we want it to be just perfect. And I think that that's something that we've got to let it go. And if we're, you know, at that 60%, I mean, it's interesting because males could be at 40% and they're like, <laughs> I could get this job. <laughs> I think it's women really needing to figure out that I need to go beyond because really if you are checking the box, it's not the right opportunity for you unless it's the perfect place, perfect salary and all these other things. But you're needing to, uh, one, thing I, one thing I just wanted to say, and particularly since uh, Kanye's dealing with people, persons who are looking for roles, once you get stagnant, it's hard to break. And I think that you've got to break through the level of complacency that just comes with being comfortable where you are. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part. And I think it's even harder for women because if we have flexibility, if we have all these things that just makes our lives easier from a family dynamic, we're like, okay, I'll take it. But you really do have to fight for, I want that and. It doesn't have to be or. 
this job or my family. Mm -hmm. You can get your family and and the job. And I think that that's where you have to come forward and say, this is what I plan to do and And do it. How would you, um, I mean, it, it might not be an answer to this question, but how would you go about fighting that complacency, offering that advice to a woman? Maybe they think like, I have to take this job or I, I can't, you know, break the mold. I have to do this to support my family. Well, how would you offer to really break that mold of complacency and let them know that they really can take that step forward and go for that higher reaching job? Right. We're going to have a um, author, Dr. Kim, in February for the WIT forums. And she does a really good job about basically just doing what you're good at versus doing what you're great at. Mm-hmm. And I think that doing what you're great at, that that's another level. You've really got to go into it looking at how do you change your mental capabilities? Because yeah. it's not about most times, particularly when it comes to work, you can do the job, but mm-hmm. it's all that comes along with it for you to be that visionary, the person who can actually see into the future. And I think that that's where um, women should come out in February, uh, particularly for that, because she's going to help you figure out if I'm not happy where I am, how do I get to the mm-hmm. space where I am happy? And I think that women are far more willing to settle than other persons within the workspace, because I think it does uh, become talent, uh, flexibility, all the things that go into it, whereas a male isn't thinking about it. If, if he's if he's getting a job, he's really not thinking about child care and how would I get my child to the place in the morning. I, Unless he's like a, you know, true stay-at-home dad or is a primary parent. Otherwise, I think that women really have to start looking at what is going to be the best balance for me. And the whole work-life balance really just is, uh, it's really trade-offs. It really comes down to, I'm going to go for the job. I'm going to get the job, but here's the trade-offs in order for me to have it. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, just hearing you talk, it's, it seems then that you have to get, catch them early, you know, start early and really instill that within them. So like what, what WIT is doing with WIT campus and just all of the programs that you have um, initiated. And so that's a, I mean, that is a really great point. It's an interesting thing to take away. Um, and Kanya for yourself. So you, you know, you, you see talent like this every day and trying to help companies find the right talent um, and help, you know, the talent get ready for whatever job that they're applying for. But the advice that you would offer them, um, I wonder if you're, are you drawing on advice maybe that you received in your own career? Um, or what, I guess, what would the, what was the best piece of advice that you received? Um, um, best piece of advice that I received was to, um, it's something that Sandy touched on earlier uh, about not being comfortable. Mm-hmm. And there's times where I would be at a company and I would just be frustrated, you know, with with a situation or, um, you know, I, I feel like something is either redundant or whatever the pressures that I was experiencing. Somebody told me, Kanye, that's your cue. Um, and, and leverage that pressure um, to figure out, you know, what's originating, what's making you unhappy and to fix it. Um, and a lot of that fixing was me, expand, me, uh, ex- me stretching myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you're doing the same thing and you get too comfortable, um, it's no longer a challenge, right? So other things become highlighted in your life. Yeah. Um, but I think when you have a healthy level of uh, stress, right? It's called you stress. It's like when you're you're challenged and you have to figure things out and you have to your mind has to expand and become um, better, stronger, faster. You know, 
um, is to find those opportunities. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like a vague answer. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it could be professional. It could be personal. Um, it's always looking for um, how can you be better? You know, how can you take what you have um, and what you're equipped with and make it better? Um, for instance, it could be how can you make a process better? How can um, you make a company better? Um, how can you streamline your own personal life um, and make that better or the people around you. Um, so, and that's, and that's just, it, it resonates with me because um, I think society is so selfish and we're so focused on um, what we can, what, what is affecting us and how it makes us feel and how it's everybody else's fault rather than how can you take those stressors or what's compressing your own life mm -hmm. and, and you take the initiative to make it better. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is a great, that's great advice. And it's a great point too, um, speaking about you like pushing the envelope and looking outwardly rather than focusing right. internally. And, but it's I, that quote, get on, get comfortable getting, being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's, I mean, that's pretty much what, you know, what you're saying. You have to constantly push yourself and really know that there's something better out there if you just keep pushing forward. Right. Right. I mean, it's something has to change, right? right. I mean, it's gonna, something has to give, right? You just want to be on the other side of that. And you want to wrap your mind around something changing, right? And you yeah. being a part of that change um, and, and, and determining what that change is going to be rather than, you know, what's that quote about, uh, about um, if you don't plan to, uh, if you don't prepare to plan, ah, I forget. Anyway, <laughs> it's, okay. it's, yeah. it's, it's the idea that if you, that if you just kind of go along with things, then your life will be shaped and molded by outside factors rather than mm -hmm. you taking advantage, you taking uh, um, the initiative on where your life is going and what you're doing and the stresses that, that cause that and creating a positive outcome from it all. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I mean, thank you so much, Kanye. That's You offered a lot of great advice and just a lot of great insight into thank the you. STEAM uh, industry, just everything that you're doing. So if one, someone wanted to get in touch with you or Vaco, where might they do that? Yeah, they can uh, give me a call. My cell phone, 678-907-5557. That's the best way to contact me, text, call. Um, or they can just email me, uh, kanye.jones at vaco.com. That's V-A-C-O. Dot com. Yeah. And is the main website for Vaco, Vaco.com as well? It is. There you go. There you go. <laughs> pretty, pretty easy. Um, so, Sandy, that was a pretty fantastic segment. It was a great guest I, you brought I today. I learn something new every time I'm here, <laughs> which is which is actually wonderful because it helps us to understand the dynamics of how to better utilize the partnerships that we have. So, of course, right. it's good for me to uh, get that inside information. Absolutely. Uh, this, this has been awesome. I, need, I really appreciate oh. being invited here. And Sandy's yeah. always, um, she, she's, she's a wonderful, wonderful person. When I talk about expanding your network, um, Sandy is kind of flying under the radar, but she is just an incredible person to be connected to. Yeah. And, uh, and I really appreciate this opportunity to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I love the WIT segment. I love it when you guys come. <laughs> it's great. Thank you, Kate. So Sandy, um, when is the next WIT event? What's coming up? Next WIT event is on Wednesday, uh, December 20th. It's our WIT Forum at Magianos and Buckhead. Starts at 7.30 and it's on the entertainment industry, innovations and trends. Oh, wow. So we're going to learn about VR and all the interesting things in film and gaming and it should be interesting. Yeah, that's great. And if someone wanted to learn more about WIT and you and just any of the upcoming events, where might they do that? Oh, definitely go to mywit.org and we will. Uh, you'll see all the information on the main page. All right. 
Well, great. Thanks so much, Sandy. And thank, thank you, you Kanya, for thank coming you, in today on this special segment of uh, Atlanta Business Radio with Women in Technology. We'll see you guys next time. 